Uh, Join me in prayer right now. Lord God, we come to you as grateful people. Grateful people in the midst of all that takes place, uh, various difficulties that we certainly encounter, but Lord, we are grateful people nonetheless, and you are good. We sang about that this morning, and we mean that. You are good, and you are faithful. We love you. I'm asking that you would teach us right now, that you would speak to us as we open up Scripture or as we look at Scripture this morning. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, this is a new year, and last Sunday when I came here, Michaela asked me, all right, am I going to get the new word for the year? So I don't know if you, if, if you all, I assume that you all kind of know this by now. With the new year, I like to give a, a word, um, just, just a word that kind of gives us purpose, a word that paints some vision on where we are going collectively, what we can do together. But before we get there, um, of course, I've always got to tease you a little bit, but I want to test your memory, okay? So I, I came in 2017, but it was August, and so there was no word for that year. Does anyone recall what the word was for 2018? Does anyone either remember or does anyone just know because you've heard it before? I'm not expecting it. It's been a while. I see some people looking around. Shine was one of the words. It's, it's not this year. Okay, I'm going to have to tell you, obviously. It was the word equip. It was the word equip. And we were longing. The desire together was to equip us to be the people there's always a lot of ideas we have and, and things that we want to do, but oftentimes we're a little bit ill-equipped to actually go and do that. Passion is great, but if we're not equipped, we're going to get ourselves in trouble no matter how much passion we have. And so you might recall that we spent at least a month going through spiritual gifts and, and just finding out how has God equipped me and you to help build his church because God wants to do that through you and me. How about 2019? Does anyone recall the word for that year? And I'll just tell you, it wasn't shine yet, okay? I heard someone say something. COVID. COVID. (laughs) We were prophetic, right? (laughs) Um, It's... No, so it was the word prayer. It was the word prayer. And it was, again, we can have passion and we can have, we can even be equipped. But we're not the ones that do this. Like, we can't do this. God does this. And so we need to bathe ourselves in prayer. We want to, we want God to do something. Yeah, we're all, a lot of times like, come on, let's, some of us are like, come on, let's go and do it. Let's go save the world for Jesus. And you folks, we all, we need you. We do. We need those go-getters, you know, who are like, come on, why are we taking so long? You know, but, but we also are, let's be realistic here and let's realize that, again, we can have a lot of passion, but if this is not bathed in prayer and if God is not the one doing this, what good is it going to, like, what will it accomplish? Okay, so then 2020 and truly the year of COVID, what was our word then? We've heard, yeah, shine. And, and that word, shine, was given 
to us before COVID was really a thing. You know, like we had heard about COVID, but it wasn't, hadn't made its way here, or maybe it had, it's, yeah, we don't really know, you know, but it was not a big thing yet. It wasn't, and that wasn't until middle of March. But the word was shine, and I think it really was appropriate in the midst of all that we did not know was coming our way. To really say, okay, God, we can shine. I can shine. You can shine regardless of the circumstances. Regardless of what you and I encounter, we can shine. And God wants to shine through me and he wants to shine through you. Now, I hope that many of you, if not all of you, can tell me what the word was for last year, 2021. What was the word? Yes, thank you. Good. There, there was much better participation in that one. Neighbor. Neighbor, it was, okay, we want to shine. And again, there's so much passion, and passion is good, but passion can kind of lead us ahead of maybe where the Spirit of God, what He wants to do. And so it was just, again, to not try to discourage you, but to say, would you look next door? Like, would you just look at who is across the street from you? And again, we have these grandiose ideas of, God, you're going to do something on this huge magnitude. It's going to be incredible, and it's going to be part, it's, it's the church, but we might fail to recognize that God doing the incredible is, let me first get a hold of you. And what will you do for the person across the hall from you, next door to you? down the road from you? And do you even know who they are? And are you investing in those people right now? What are you doing with them? All right. So with that, 2022, it's a new year. And where are we going? Uh, just, just let me just take a split second, if that's not even possible. But let me just hear really quick from you. Do you have a guess on what the word might be? I'm not going to tell you if you're right or wrong. Go. Thank you. Bold. Any other guesses? Encourage. Good. Any other guesses? Online, someone put serve. Good. Uh, by the way, I know that there are a number of people right now who are probably joining us online. So if you'd like, you're welcome to type in there too and let us know. Other, other words, perhaps, that you're thinking Fearless. These are good words. I like these. I should be writing these down. My wife can write them down for next year or the, the, coming, word, the coming years. Okay. What, I, heard, I heard one more. What was it? Encourage. Good. Okay. All right. Well, let's find out if you're right or wrong. Um, years ago, I felt like God put on my heart that I should be involved in a certain ministry. Now, I recognize it's kind of an interesting thing because I think when you, when you sense that, you also want it to be confirmed by other people. Sometimes when God puts something in our heart, it might just be us thinking that and not necessarily other people thinking that. So there needs to be this confirmation. But God really put this on my heart that I should be working with um, what we would today call middle school, but back then it was called junior high, and junior high is seventh and eighth grade, 
or if you go back even further, it was 7th, 8th, and ninth grade, okay? Um, now, today, middle school is 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. I had this, this desire to reach out to junior high students, those in the 7th and 8th grade, and this desire was at my church. Like, I felt God tapping me on the shoulder and saying, Nathan, I want you to get involved in working with 7th and 8th grade students. Now, at my church, there was nothing for the middle school or for the junior high. And so it kind of made sense why I was being prodded to do this, I think. Um, So with the blessing of my pastor, I went to my pastor and I presented this. And I said, I would like to do this for a summer. I would like to spend June, July, and August with like doing this program. And I had a name for it. And I, and I was like, before I went to my pastor, I didn't just share about this vision. I like put, I, I put time into it. I thought about stuff. I, I jotted stuff down. I wrote it down. I had a plan. I actually, you, those of you who know me well, you know that I'm pretty methodical. And I had this plan. I was like, here's what I want to teach for each of the times together throughout the summer. Like, I'm not just going to wing it. I, I, here's, here's my plan. And so I got his, his blessing. The name was called It's Happening. Okay? And, and it's, it was an acronym. So I, T-S, I, I'm, T, totally, S, saved. I'm totally saved and Christ is happening in me. Okay, that's, that's what it was. All right? So it's happening. Okay, now... Um, this probably should not be a huge surprise, but about a week or two before this, this summer program was launched in the church I used to attend, before this was launched, there was, I encountered some difficulty, like discouragement and difficulty, and it was, can we do this? And had to like really work through some stuff. But we, we went ahead and was, okay, God has, has really moved, not just in me, but in others, that this needs to happen. And so we, we went forward with it. It was on Tuesday evening. I'll never forget, the very first Tuesday night, we had 23 junior high students show up for this program. And I, I considered that a huge success. I'll never forget afterwards going down to the kitchen in the church, finding my pastor because he was in the church doing dishes seriously, doing dishes because there was a woman's event that night and he was doing dishes. And I went and I found him and I said, two thumbs up. We had 23 kids. And he was like, oh, that's so good. Um, the, the program continued to grow and we averaged a good 30 students throughout the summer that would come every Tuesday night. I loved it. Now, um, when this all took place, how old was I? I'll tell you how old I was. I was 18 years old. I was 18 years old. So I could have been doing what other 18-year-olds my age were doing. Maybe, maybe working, maybe. I, I was working. I worked full-time at Dallas Glass all summer, trying to over full-time. They, you know, I worked at least 40 hours a week um, at Dallas Glass. And um, I was a glazer up in Portland, putting vinyl in. Not a job I loved, 
but it was what was available for me, and I did that. So I was, I was working full-time. I enjoyed hanging out with friends. That's what a lot of my peers were doing. Just, let's play, you know, let's play video games. Let's just hang out. I would do that a couple nights a week, too. But I really had this sense that God had something bigger in mind. And so I was willing to do what I would say was, was very, very bold. Very bold to move forward and do something to respond with what God was putting on my heart. I, I want to give you the definition for bold. Now, I, I think that, that bold is something that you and I just kind of take for granted. Like, well, bold is bold. Like, how else do you define bold? But I, I do want to give you a definition, and this is just in my notes. It's not on the screen but you can just hear this, bold from Webster's Dictionary, it would be not afraid of danger or difficult situations. Is that you? Are you not afraid of danger or of difficult situations? Now, there's a wisdom piece here, isn't there? Bold does not necessarily mean that you just are foolish. You play the fool and you're like, well, Danger, Ah, I'm going to go for it because I'm going to be bold. No, there's a time where you back off and say, that's dangerous and stupid, right? (laughs) That's dangerous and foolish. I'm not going to do that, okay? Um, But but generally speaking, according to Noah Webster, uh, bold is, okay, that's not afraid of danger or difficult situations. A second definition is showing confidence, Showing confidence. And I ask you again, do you have confidence? Not because of who you are. If you have confidence because of who you are, that is called pride. That is called arrogance. Scripture would say, have nothing to do with that. But you and I can have confidence because of who God is and what he has called you and me to do. Every, I wasn't sure if I would share this or not. Every, not every, most Sunday mornings when I come here, my prayer is, God, when I preach, would you give me humility because I need that? And would you give me confidence? And I need these coupled together. I need humility, but I also need your confidence. And I can be confident because the message I speak is not my own. I can come with confidence because I am declaring what God has spoken. And so we need that confidence. Biblehub.com, and in my weekly encouragements, a few months ago I mentioned this as a a website I like. Biblehub.com, they define bold or boldness this way. And you're just going to have to hear this from me. It's not on the screen, but just hear this. It is to show daring courage necessary for a valid risk. Did you catch that? Bold, according to BibleHub.com, it is to show courage, daring courage, necessary for a valid risk. Can you see how we might um, actually focus, depending on our personality here, Depending on our personality, how we might emphasize this one here. To show daring courage. Some of us might be like, oh, I like that. This this daring courage. Bring it on, you know? But, But 
then others might be, uh, yeah, but did you catch the last part of that? For a valid risk. Like not everything is valid. Is, is the risk actually worth it? And so I like this definition and I bring it to your attention because it is balance. It is to show courage for a valid risk. Can you determine Is this worthwhile? Is this actually valid? Again, is there wisdom in doing this? Or is this just foolish? I don't want to be I don't want to be in the camp of, well, I'm bold, but I'm also foolish. I don't want to play those cards, and I don't want you to either. I want courage, daring courage even, but for a valid risk. I want to, want to give um, some scripture passages here. So these are on the screen, and a lot of times I like it when you are able to turn in your Bible, but um, and every Sunday, it's, I, I try my best to do that. Today, I'm going to have you look at these on the screen. So let's go with the very first verse here. And these are some, some scripture passages that, that communicate boldness from the Bible. You're not going to find the word bold very much in the Bible. It, it happens a number of times, about 20 times. Boldness, you're going to find that, you know, a number of times too, but not a ton of times. There are some other words that you could find in Scripture that communicate boldness, like confidence, okay? And, and you'll see that here in a bit. So this is Proverbs 28, verse 1. Just look at this here. The wicked flee, though no one pursues them. Stop really quick. Isn't that interesting? What this proverb is saying? What, are the, what do the wicked do? They flee, even though no one is pursuing them. It's all up here. They flee, though there is no reason to flee. But now catch this, because there's, this is a proverb, so there's oftentimes, there's, there's two pieces here. So that's true of the wicked. But how about the righteous? Well, the righteous are, what? As bold as a lion. A lion is bold. You want to come across the lion? I don't. And you don't either, because they're bold. They're not timid. They're, there's nothing timid about a lion. They're the king of the jungle, And guess what? As righteous, those forgiven and redeemed by the blood of Jesus, those brought into right relationship with our Heavenly Father, you and I, whether you realize it or not, you're bold. That's who you are. Remember last week, I said, I'll give you some identity, and we looked at Peter's words, you're a holy nation, a, a royal nation, a people belonging to God, a chosen people, sorry, a chosen people, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. I said, that's identity. Here's more identity. As righteous, meaning right with God, you are bold. You are daringly courageous when it is appropriate. When the risk is valid. That's who you are. Look at the next verse here. Move on. There we go. Ephesians 
chapter 3, verse 12, it says these words, and it's, it's referring to Jesus Christ, so I, I put those here. Christ Jesus, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. Because of our faith in Jesus, you and I have boldness. Now, this boldness, in this case, what Paul, the apostle, was saying to the believers in Ephesus was you have boldness to actually approach the Father. You can actually come and approach the Father, God the Father. Like you have this access. You you might recall the story of Esther, Queen Esther. We looked at this a couple years ago in the fall I don't remember exactly which year, but we worked our way through Esther. And Esther was the one where it was said, for such a time as this. You are here for such a time as this. But do you recall Esther choosing to go before the king, but knowing that she could not actually just show up? I mean, she could, but there was a death penalty attached to that. Unless the king would extend his golden scepter. And so what did Esther do? She said to her Jewish family, family as in multitudes of them, pray and fast, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go in. And I risk my life for your sake. And the king extended his golden scepter. She found favor. But you and I, In our relationship with God our Father, it isn't like that. Well, I wonder if he's going to give me the death sentence. No, the scepter has already been extended. Why? Because of Jesus. Because of Jesus, all of a sudden, you and I are brought into right relationship. And because of that, we have this boldness. I can approach the Father. I can go to him. I can bring my needs to him. I can do this. Next scripture passage, next slide here. What do we have? Moving on. Hebrews 13, 6. It says this, So we may boldly say these words, The Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? What can people do to me? By the way, these are from various translations. This one is from the New King James Version. Okay, I don't think that's on there, but I chose different translations the Lord is my helper. Now, what, and we don't know the human author of Hebrews. We have some ideas, but we don't know who the human author actually was. But do you know what actually came right before these words in Hebrews thirteen six? It was these words right here. Words that God said, never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. I will be with you always. And so these are the words that follow. So because of that, in light of that, because God will never leave me and God will never forsake me, we can actually boldly say this. We have reason to say this. We can say these words, hey, the Lord is my helper. Like God is with me. He will always be with me. And people, what what can they actually do to me? Well, I'll tell you, there's some things that people can do to you, right? Uh, There's things that can happen. But in comparison, 
This writer is saying, what can people do to you? So when people mock you because of your faith in Jesus, really, grand scheme of things, perspective here, what really is that? The Lord is with you, and the Lord is your helper. Next passage of Scripture, moving on here. Go to the next slide there, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1, it says these words, I, Paul, this is the Apostle Paul speaking here, and he's writing to the believers in Corinth. I, Paul, myself entreat you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. Paul is, is saying, I, I entreat you. Let me read this here. Um, It might need to be a bit more. I, Paul, myself entreat you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. I who am humble when face to face. This is a part here. I who am humble with you when face to face with you, but bold toward you when I am away. This is the ESV in this case. There's a number of times actually throughout Scripture not, not tons, but there's, there's, there's a few times, a handful of times, where believers would say, oh, Paul, man, when you're with us, you're so timid. You're, you're timid. And then you go away and you write these letters, Scripture, and you're so bold. What, what is it? I'll tell you what it is. At least in my opinion, I can't say for sure. I'll tell you what it is. He's writing under, under the inspiration of, of the Holy Spirit. Like, these are not his words. I wonder if there was times where Paul was writing it down or telling the person who was scribing it to write it down and thinking, God, are you serious? Like, are you serious? Those are harsh words. Yep, yep, write it down. Like, Paul, you are, you're so timid when you're with us. You're kind of timid. Now, was Paul really timid? I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I would not classify him as timid. Like, because before he got saved, right? Before he found a genuine relationship with God through Jesus. Remember the road to Damascus? Blinding light? What's he doing? He's anything but timid. He's going around killing Christians. He's persecuting them, dragging them off into prison. I would not describe Paul as timid. And yet, post-conversion, like after he got truly saved, he was religious but then he got truly saved. And apparently, he was maybe a bit more gracious with people. And yet, in these letters, believers are saying, Paul, whenever you come to us, you're pretty gentle. And then you go away and you write, and I'm just like, is this the same guy? Yes, it is. He was bold when he needed to be bold. How about this one? Next slide here. Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 to 14. It says these words. You can follow along. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Now, you and I went through the book of Philippians a year ago. We introduced this book a year ago. Actually, exactly a year ago today. Um, do you recall what Paul is talking about here? What has happened? He's in chains. He's imprisoned. That's bad. And, and yet, 
He's saying that I want you to know that what has happened is actually being used for the good. This is actually good. He, he goes on and he says, as a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I'm in chains for Christ. Like, this is bad, yes. This is really bad. But guess what? There's good news. People are hearing the gospel. The whole palace guard, they have to put up with me because I'm here and I'm proclaiming the gospel truth. And he goes on, and I want you to catch these next words here. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become what? Confident. It's like bold. They have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel. How? Without fear. Because of this difficulty, I don't like it. You don't like it. You don't want it of me. And yet Paul is saying, I recognize that there is something good going on here. These chains are actually causing you to be bold. What a crazy idea. And yet how true it is. I met with a fellow pastor this last week. We had lunch together. And he was saying Something very similar here. I think that maybe what I'm going through is actually causing other people to get more on fire for the Lord. He was like, I don't want this, but I think something is going on here where other people are being stirred. And I thought to myself, man, that is wisdom And that is maturity because you are able to look at your own difficulty and you're able to say, my difficulty is having a greater purpose here and it is stirring other people to get serious in their walk with Jesus. It is bringing about boldness that we're praying for, boldness that we want. One final verse here, next slide. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 2. And wouldn't you know, I went into Webster's Dictionary, and I like, to, I like to look at the most recent version, but I also went to 1828 to see how things were defined back then, and sometimes it's really interesting to see how we have really changed things a lot. Now, this in the area of boldness was very, it was similar, similar ideas, But here's the craziest thing. It gave this verse as the example. You want bold? You turn to 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 2. That's 1828, not 2022. And it says these words. You know, and this is the Apostle Paul writing to the believers in Thessalonica. He says, you know how badly we have been treated at Philippi. Just before we came to you and how much we suffered there. And sorry, this one is cut off here too. Unless it's on the next slide. Um, There it is. Yet our God gave us the courage to declare his good news to you. How? Boldly. We did so boldly in spite of great opposition. Opposition? Yeah, it's there. But guess what? The opposition actually motivates us to be all the more bold. Why? That's the spirit of God working. It's it's crazy. You look at the history of Christianity. When has Christianity grown the most? 
When it's under opposition, when it is under the most opposition, that's when Christianity thrives. That's why it's been a little bit stagnant here. Because we haven't had opposition. We've grown complacent. It's been pretty easy. Guess where it's growing? Africa? The Middle East of all places? Underground churches where there is extreme opposition, extreme persecution, and they are thriving, spiritually thriving. They're becoming bold. The Apostle Paul was saying the same thing. Opposition makes you stronger. I mean, like there's a song about that, like how the heart actually makes you stronger. And Paul is saying, hey, this opposition is actually making us stronger. So what's the word for this year? You are probably tempted to say it's the word bold. But hang on a second. So, and I'm sorry, I'm going to go over time. I just looked at the clock and I'm just going to go over time. I'm sorry to the class that meets uh, next, but you're going to have to just forgive me, okay? (laughs) Uh, because I need to say a bit more here. So a few months, a couple months ago, like back in October, I started to think about the word for 2022. And of course, I was praying occasionally, God, what, what does the word need to be? And um, when I, I want you to know that when I try to pick a word, I try to keep two things in mind. One, what word does our church need right now? Like, what word does Kingwood Bible Church need right now in this season? What do we need to hear? What, what word is that? And, and then the second thing that I try to keep in mind is, what word keeps us moving in the direction that I believe God wants us to move in, considering where we've been and then where we are moving and where we want to go as a church family. And, and so does this word actually help us get there? So there was three words that I thought of. One was the word bold. The second word that I thought of was the word family. Was the word family. And the third word, honestly, completely honest here, I cannot even remember what the word was. Like, I know I had this word, and I was like, that's a really good word. And I thought about it for a couple weeks, and I remembered it, and I never wrote it down. And then it was just, poof, gone. Like, just gone. I still, to this morning, cannot tell you what it was. I'm being honest. I don't know. And so the two words that were left were bold and family. And I thought, those are unique words. Bold family. I don't want to use that. Like, bold family? Family? Bold? What? what? You know, like, how does that really play in here? And I was really not sure exactly what, what to do here. And then I felt like this last week, I felt like God just kind of like, like, turned the light on. And it was this. And so what is, where are we going this year? We'll go with the next slide here. The big reveal. Bold together. Because the truth is, I don't want to be bold by myself. And there are times, 
can we be honest? There are times where we are going to, we must be bold by ourselves. The workplace, school, college. There are times where you are going to be alone. And you are going to need to be bold in that moment. But even in that, what I love about church and what I love about family is we come back together. We come back together and we remind ourselves that we're not alone. I'm not doing this alone. I'm not walking this road alone. I am doing this with you. You're doing this with me. We're doing this together. Why? Because we're family. And family needs each other. And so this this next year, I give you two words. Not just one. I give you two. Bold together. This is going to be the focus for 2022. So, I ask you a couple of questions. Is there something that you have always dreamed of doing but never got around to? This is the year. This is it. 2022 is time to get moving on that. I ask you, is there a part of you that you would rather keep hidden because of shame? And, rightfully so, but are you sensing that now is the time to be appropriately vulnerable? Why? So you can move on. Because you are not to be defined by that shame, defined by that poor choice or whatever it is in your mind saying, this is holding me back. I'm saying, this is the year. Move on. Be vulnerable. Own up to it. Talk about it. Get the help. But through this next year, move on. Another question I ask for you, is there a neighbor? Ah, we're not done with neighbor. Is there a neighbor you have grown to really enjoy, but you've kept your faith silent or on the down low? Creatively weave your relationship to Jesus into this relationship as well. You have, Lord willing, spent a year beginning, beginning, we're not done, beginning to invest in your neighbor. Take it to the next level. Appropriately speak about Jesus to this person and another one more question. Are you ready to move beyond spiritual complacency and truly begin living as a disciple of Jesus? Again, I tell you, church family, this is the year. May this be the year. Let's be bold together. So where are we going from here? The next three weeks, we're going to have a missions slash missional Focus. I'll speak for two of them. We have a special speaker coming on the third week um, that I believe you will enjoy. And then we're going to actually have, um, Josh is going to preach um, 
the very first Sunday of February. You're going to have an opportunity to hear from Josh. I'm actually going to be in uh, Spokane on a mission trip with two Ukrainian churches, and I'll share more about that in the coming weeks here. But Josh is going to speak, and you're going to have a chance to get to know Josh and Sarah and their family. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And then after that, I'm going to take you through the book of 1 Thessalonians. And we'll look at that. And then it's going to be Easter. And then after that, we're going to come back to this. Bold together. But this is the theme for this year. And so I don't want you just to wait until the end of April. I want you to begin to see already this next week how bold together is woven all throughout what we're going to be looking at as we look at being missional and reaching out right here and making disciples, how there is a boldness that is called of us. But let's link arms because we are better when we are together, aren't we? And we can be bold when we do this together. One final thing as you leave, Kelsey this last week made these postcards here, and it just says, Kingwood Bible Church, it has our mission statement, declaring and demonstrating the hope of Jesus. That's why we exist. 2022, and it says, bold together. And you flip this over, on the back there is a short verse, and I'm asking each of you, would you memorize this verse this year? Would you memorize this verse this year? Doesn't, it shouldn't be that hard. I'm going to start to work on it this week here. But it just says these words, and it's from 2 Corinthians 3, verse 12. We have not looked at these words yet. It says this, Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Let this be the verse that leads you forward this year. Because we have great hope, let's be bold. And let's be bold together. These are in the back on the bistro tables. Take one as you leave. Join me in prayer. Lord God, thank you for your word that we have looked at this morning. Thank you for a new year, an opportunity for us to be bold together. I pray that you will move in us, move in our midst, move in our communities, move in our neighborhoods. But God, especially move in our own hearts, in our own minds, in our own wills to be bold, appropriately bold together. We love you and we give you all of the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.